ghosts, and goblins. Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? A spooky little channel where we talk about all things horror and ask, is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not. It's 168 days until Halloween. Today's review is 2021's The Sadness by Rob Jabbitz. It just came to Shutter last week, so this is the first time American audiences have gotten a chance to check it out. But let's get this up front and out of the way. This movie will not be for everyone. It came to fame in most horror circles when genre film festivals started putting trigger warnings on this film. Something that isn't standard practice, but I hope becomes more prevalent in that, in that area. So, if extreme gore or violence, sexual assault, or violence towards infants bother you, I'll see you in the next video. Let's get into why The Sadness is one of the most conflicting movies I've seen in quite some time. First, Jabbitz makes a stunning film that lives up to the promise of so many transgressive horror films before it. We've all heard it. People want to talk to you about Hannibal Holocaust. They want to talk to you about, about Last House on the Left. They want to talk to you about these very extreme horror movies who say they have justification for the violence in the story they tell. A lot of times I don't feel that transgressive horror lives up to that potential that is there. I think a lot of times, if you look at something like Last House on the Left, it is definitely made by a man and men written by a man who thinks they understand what a revenge fantasy would be like. Revenge is uh, a film that I would say also lives up to the transgressive nature of extreme horror. This film is very special, though. I feel like a lot of the scenes are earned. The framing and the care that you can see that the director made in every single shot to use everything from dialogue to gore to sound to the soundtrack to bring in tension and bring in focus the cruelty of humanity is an achievement. I think he does a great job for the most part of knowing what to show and what not to show. There are a couple exceptions. It's actually just one big exception. There's just one big exception to that that I will we will get into in detail in a minute. But the acting and the story does a great way to score how illness can rob us not only of our health, but our society of its humanity and how it can break down the world we know. So this movie starts off pretty mundane, pretty calm. It gives you a kind of fairly long lead into the gore before it starts. I think it's like 20 or 30 minutes we're into the film before the actual outbreak of the virus that is causing this sadistic behavior starts. And there is many, many set pieces of violence that will be remembered forever. I think anything usually that has something to do with eyes, if you have a squeamishness towards eye gore, then this is definitely not the film for you for multiple reasons. Ways that people are killed are so mundane, but the way that they use the blood and have it like spurt and pump kind of sort of in a Tarantino-esque kind of way makes this film feel very brutal, right? 
like the train sequence, which I think the train sequence, which is, I think maybe the strongest sequence in the film starts off very mundane with another kind of horrific event. This for women, you've been there, you've been on public transit and some guys trying to talk to you and you don't want to talk to them and they just don't get the hit and they won't leave you alone. And she finally like snaps at him and was like, do you want me to press like sexual harassment charges? And that just makes him ashamed and embarrassed. And he's like, I was trying to be nice. All the things that you hear men say when you put down a line that you don't want to be bothered <laughs> anymore. And the train sequence also births what I think is the most compelling villain in the th in the film of the guy who's accosting this girl on the train he's wears a yellow tie so i will be calling him the yellow tie man he he just does a great job of once he's infected with the virus you know exactly that he's just going to spend his time terrorizing her and so he also is the one that does inflict the eye violence. Uh, he sticks his umbrella in the eye of the girl that our main character, Kat, had traded seats with. And Kat is like the is the only good person, it seems like, in, in the world uh, of this thing. She refuses to leave the girl who is injured behind. She helps drag her out of the subway. She's trying to be as like helpful and kind and generous during a horrific situation as she can. And I think that the film does a really great job of showing how society treats people like that. And it's not great. Like her fate is not great. I think that it also does a really good job of touching on some political things around pandemics and doctors and the spread of misinformation. We see it from both sides. We see a, the president of the country is assassinated live on television be, by one of his generals who's infected in a very great practical shot of his head blowing up. Like, just a phenomenal shot. Just... and. The chaos that ensues after the president is murdered is, I think it does a great job of setting how everyone was kind of trying to wait for order and they're all orderly and then it's just no holds barred. The gore just gets even worse. And it also brings us to another scene that's in the hospital, which I think he talks about one thing where they were talk lighting children on fire. They say something else. There's like talks of all these horrific acts that happen, right? And then we get to the scene with the yellow tie guy. And he has been chasing the two girls through the whole movie at this point. And they get split up because they will not let Cat uh, stay with the girl who's injured while she's getting treatment at the hospital makes sense there's a fucking outbreak of people violently murdering each other you probably just want to have the people who are sick there so extreme extreme trigger warning for sexual assault in the most extreme way possible 
we're going to get into the scene that I think is a detriment to this film. It undermines, I think, the great work they had done unto this point of understanding how much violence we needed to see or how much depravity you needed to see to understand the stakes in this world. So the man in the yellow tie has chased down the two girls. They've been separated and he finds the girl with the eye injury. It is implied because they don't show it specifically, which I do appreciate that he rapes her not only in the traditional sense, but also through the hole that he put in her eye. I I get that they wanted to make the yellow tie guy the biggest, baddest villain in there. And I understand why, because the way the virus works, it... uh, ties violence and sexuality together so that's why we're seeing like orgies in the street and people just accosting and sexually assaulting and raping people left right all over the place i think that doing that on the side peripheral gave us enough of the horror for kate i don't think that this scene needed to be there because especially when he says later on Thank you. He like he says a dialogue line to let us know specifically what he did to Cat when they have their final interaction with each other. And I feel like it might have been more powerful to think that Penny got infected in some other way because she does get infected and then attacks another person. I think it might have been more powerful to think that Penny got it uh, att- just got it through like being around the blood and all that blood in the thing finally did it and it was such a small amount that it took such a long time i think there was more power in misdirecting that penny got it casually through the contact of the blood and the tissue and all of that then drop it on you later in dialogue that he had done that or just not like i don't think it was something that needed to be there i think there was enough They did a good enough job of establishing the connection between sex and violence and sexual violence and the disease that I don't think you needed that scene to be there. There's a juxtaposition between the man in yellow and this doctor who we find who's experimenting on babies and he murders a bunch of them because they're going to die anyway because their parents have this thing and everyone's sick and I could test them and see if they're immune or whatever. You're supposed to think like the man in yells this terrible person does this. He rapes, he pillages, he does all this. And then this doctor is also this terrible man who is so frustrated by being ignored by society. So frustrated by the fact that he is now impotent to help people in a area where he should be overqualified to help people as a doctor. I think that his cruelty towards Kat, when it's very clear she doesn't have the virus after he's he's dumped her in medical grade antiseptic spray, he's made her change clothes, he injects her, I think, with the virus and nothing happens. I think he might be one of the saddest characters to me in the, the movie because he... Because he thought he was he's like the villain that we get now he thinks he's doing the right thing he thinks he's doing the just and 
and righteous thing to help humanity by sacrificing these babies, but it's just horrific in nature. I do think that the plot that it is to lovers that are coming back together and trying to meet, while it is tragic because spoilers they both end up dead but he has the sadness by the time he's reconnected with her I think that is unimportant that wasn't a surprise to me I kind of felt they telegraphed it a little too hard that he was going to get it because he started seeing visions and he had been doing other things and it was I didn't need him to have the sadness and the conversation that they had I didn't feel I just didn't feel like there was a connection there that was great. Like, I just didn't need it. It would have been, I think it would have been better if he hadn't have got it and then got it right at the end or and she had to deal with it or, and she does kind of have to deal with it. She leaves him in the hospital to die instead of going up the stairs to go to the helipad where she is promptly shot. That's what you get for being a good person in the world of the sadness. That's what you get for protecting people and protecting yourself and trying to do the right thing. It's dark. The whole movie's dark. It makes me think about it. I think it is probably going to go down as the best film that has come out of the pandemic that we're in. I think it does a lot of great things to subvert the ideas of zombies and virus movies. I just think... It gets a little bit muddy in its context with the romantic plot, which is just kind of there at the beginning and then there at the end. It kind of bookends both of it, but it just makes me not care about the boyfriend's journey as much. Just because, like, once he starts seeing visions, I kind of had checked out of his story because I knew he was going to show up the next time we saw him and he was going to have the sadness and then that was just going to be sad. So I know that they, I mean, I get that they wanted to do things to, like, amp up the tension so they don't have their phones and they don't have whatever but 15 minutes of connection part of which where they're fighting isn't enough to make me want to feel like they're together like when he shows up and has the sadness I really thought like okay girl well if you get out of this if you live through this you'll find somebody else he wasn't that great of a boyfriend anyway I didn't have a strong connection to them as a couple though Kat I had like a super strong connection and was devastated when she is shot at the end and that's going to do it for me on the sadness i gave it three stars on letterbox you can follow me on letterbox if you want at miss nintendo 64 i will post what i'm watching you'll get sneak preview views of sometimes the star review sometimes not but you'll always know what's coming up on the podcast or on the channel because i'm pretty good about logging everything i watch in there so speaking of the podcast you can also Sign up for that. I do movie news and a review once a week. Uh, this week we had a bonus episode, which is this video you're watching right now. So if you want reviews, movie news, all of the stuff that's going on in the world of horror, you can follow that on any of your major podcast providers. That's going to do it. You know what time it is. Sleep or don't. Thank you.